and welcome back to another special episode of the Epic Experiment Podcast. Did you miss us? I'm your host, Bruce, and I'm joined on the line by Lux. Lux, how are you now? And I'm doing good. In the past couple of days, we've been having a lot of rain. It's causing the temperatures to go down a bit. Okay, what does that mean? You're in Texas, dude. Like, are we talking like uh, you're now no longer in the 90s? You're just in the, uh, in the 80s? Or what are we talking about? And I think today the highest we reached was 85 in the Fahrenheit. And I don't know what that is in Celsius. <laughs> oh, oh, but we can figure out the magic of Google. Let's says Google 85 Fahrenheit in Celsius means... It was 29.44 degrees uh, Celsius, so right around 30 degrees. That's what we had today here in Ontario. Um, it was about 30 degrees. Um, I'm sure, I can't even imagine if you're like, the temperature's going down and it's 30 degrees. Here, if it hits 30, we're all like, dude, it's hot. We don't want to go out no more. It's hot. Hot. So, yeah, we're just all sweating profusely right now. And... Yeah, but so you, I gave us, you guys gave us a taste of your weather back in February. Now we're giving you a taste of our weather. Look, you liked it. You liked it. Come on. Don't tell me you didn't like seeing the snow. Okay. Like, it was okay, but you, they, it would have been better if people weren't trying to be idiots. Fair. Um, now, imagine that for, like, six months. Because, like, it can snow anytime here from Halloween through to, like, we had snow at the beginning of May this year. <laughs> so, like, you had it for, like, what, a week, maybe two weeks down in Texas. We had it for six months. So, you will happily share a little bit of that with you. <laughs> if only your hydro, your, your electric companies could handle the workload. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, otherwise, what's new? Uh, it's been two weeks. I don't know if anybody noticed, but we kind of like took a hiatus for two weeks. It was kind of unintended too, wasn't it, Lux? Yeah, nothing. <laughs> I was, even I was wondering what was going on. Oops. So, uh, bottom line is, folks, we had lined up a, a guest for for this episode, which is episode 71. And let's just say it didn't work, and we tried, and we tried again, and we tried, and that just didn't, we just couldn't connect. So, no guest. We're moving on now because, like, Modern Horizons is like almost old news. Although we will touch on it a little bit in tonight in segment three, but like it's kind of like old news. And then we're going to get on to um, to Dungeons and Dragons: Adventures in the Forgotten Realms um, for previews now. Next week, when we come back for you here on the show, you can find the content, our content here on the lotuscouncil.com. That is our home on the internet. They're great. People. Any pressure on us, despite the fact that we've been gone for two weeks, no one's questioned and like really said, hey, where's that episode guys? They, they get it. Like things happen. Life's been busy. Um, the end of the school year is always kind of bedlam for me. So, um, you know, now that school is officially over, you know, it's good that we, you know, now we can sort of get things back to normal for a bit. Um, and if you love to get into, you know, you can catch all sorts of great things 
over there on the Lowe's Council, not just a podcast, but they've got you know product opening. Uh, hopefully, they're going to get some gameplay going here soon, all sorts of stuff. But the best part is the Discord. There is no doubt about it. The Discord is happening. It is live. Come and check it out. And best of all, it is free. Uh, you just got to be part, you know, join up with the, the Lowe's Council. The link is going to be in the show notes down below. And you can click it and then get right on board and, you know, get talking to me. Get talking to Lux. Get talking to all the great people on the on, on the Discord. Um, so I know everyone's got so many, or, or you people are part of so many different Discords out there. But I'm telling you, this one's a little different, guys. It's a little bit different. It's a little bit... Uh, I don't know, just a little bit more extra friendly, and they want—they genuinely want people to come to, into the into the the Discord and be uh, be happy and being part of the community and enjoying uh, the, the the banter back and forth with people. So come on in, check it out. You're not going to be sorry you did so, um, and it won't cost you anything. Just maybe a little bit of time, but it won't cost you any money. It won't cost you any any resources. Just 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 a little bit of time. Come on in, check it out. I think you're gonna like it. Also, as a reminder, we crossed over episode 70, you know, back a ways. Um, so we are still getting, saying thank you to everybody who's been listening to us out there. Uh, people here in the United States, people in Canada, people in Germany, the Ukraine, and India, and France, and everywhere else all over the world that listens to us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, we're going to be giving away a pack of MH2 to one lucky listener. Uh, so stick around at the end of the show to hear how you can be entered to win um, the pack of Modern Horizons 2. And Lux, Modern Horizons 2 is pretty sweet. Am I am I right? And I guess so. Unfortunately, I haven't had the pleasure of being able to open any packs or draft. Ooh! I mean, sorry, I shouldn't do that. That's rude. Um, but yes, no, it's uh, not every store has managed to get a hold of uh, MH2 to sell to their 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 customers. I guess that happened to you, man. That's kind of rude to get sh- shut out like that, huh? Yeah. But there's no doubt about it. Like, it's reinvigorated the modern format. It's reinvigorated MTGO because there's like. Card, card rental programs are like actively having to tell people like we, we can't take more players because we can't we can't loan out enough cards which is kind of a, a bizarro concept to think about but yeah no it's um it's pretty exciting so um you too can win a pack of modern horizons 2 courtesy of us here at the podcast just stick around to the end all right, Lux, our show tonight is separated into three segments. Sorry, four segments. We've got segment one. We're going to do a little quick garbage or great. This one I think is going to be pretty straightforward. Um, segment two um, is going to be a segment on how to keep your commander games casual uh, now that people are going to be returning to in person play, um, which is, you know, that's a real thing. Uh, then we'll talk about our top 10 MH2 cards, more precisely, my top 10 MH2 cards, because. Uh, as Lux said, he hasn't had a chance to play too much of it, but um, hopefully he's got some opinions on some of the things we've got here. And then segment four, we've got um, a deck that I've brewed up. It's incomplete, folks, and so I'm going to be looking for a little bit of feedback from Lux and the rest of you out there. Um, but <clears throat> that's uh, it's going to be a fun Maha deck. Um, it's a little green-white um, landfall, so it'll be good. All right. <clears throat> You set? Yep. All right, partners. 
Let's get it done. Okay, so starting up our segment one, garbage or grape, we are looking at this week, we are looking at Hermit Druid. Um, let's be real, folks. If you don't know Hermit Druid here, let's check it out here. For one and a green, a 1-1 one, one creature human druid. One, tap. Reveal cards at the top of your library until you reveal a basic land card. Put that card into your hand and all other cards revealed this way into your graveyard. Uh, okay. Uh, <clears throat> Lux, let's just have a look here on Scryfall at all the formats in which this is not legal. So, Hermadruid is not legal in Standard, Pioneer, Modern, Brawl, Historic, Popper, Penny. It is banned in Legacy, straight up banned, and is legal in Vintage and commander only interesting so um is this card garbage or is it great I mean, honestly i'm really not too sure what to think of it like all i do know is that this is one of those cards that they they it's not going to fit in every single deck like there are some decks that it would be useful in that's a small portion. Uh, so, I actually think that, that, that this one is actually more applicable than ever. Because, so, what this does, folks, you if you can tap it, you can put a lot of cards into your graveyard very, very quickly. Particularly since most commander decks play a very modest number of basics. Um, and if you're putting this in here, you really you're, you're looking to mill a giant pile of cards very quickly. So, because <clears throat> um, if you think about it, how many times you mill over Guild Gates, Shocklands, Fetchlands, whatever other lands, Evolving Wilds, Fable Passage, all these lands, Utility Lands, all these get milled over um, and don't count. Hermit Druid has to hit a basic land to stop the mill. So, this is like this goes great in like Labman decks or like like the new Jace that's got the same sort of trigger on it. Uh, it, it plays well with a Thassa's Oracle, where you could potentially mill yourself down real low, play Thassa's Oracle, counter devotion, realize you've got more devotion on the battlefield than you've got cards in your deck, and win by mistake. You could play Dredge with this, or or Reanimator, or like, I don't know what deck doesn't want. Like, there are very, there are, most decks want this. And even if you don't think your deck is a reanimator deck or a dredge deck or a, a, a self mill deck, here's the fundamental truth here. We have learned that milling cards into your graveyard, if you can keep them there without being exiled by a Tormod's Crypt or something, can be a resource and an extension of your hand. And it doesn't take much to turn those cards into something useful that you can then use. Whether it's flashback on those cards, or re or buyback, or whatever. There's ways, or, or creatures that you can hop out, hop back out of your yard, um, embalming them, and, and or the the other one, the other E, not embalm, um, eternalize. Like, there's just so many ways that you can utilize a graveyard that I think this is more applicable than you might than you might think, Lux. Like this thing is is terrifying, and if you someone is playing with it, yes, they are playing it with intention. 
This is not a card you just haphazardly slide in your deck. But you're playing it with the intention of doing something gross, and this card is going to enable it. And so my vote, this card is busted. Not just like good or great. This card is busted in half. That's why it's banned in Legacy. It's banned outright because people were using it to win the game too fast. And yeah, there's just no doubt about it. Like it's just Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um any other thoughts on Hermit Druid there, Lux? Well, and I was uh, thinking they I know one deck could go Gabriel. Like really perfect in. Uh I'm well your Nethroid deck wants this. Like, we're speaking of your decks, like, your Nethroi deck wants this card. Because Nethroi wants to have ample things in his graveyard that can, it can hop out. And sure enough, like, Hermit Drew is going to let you do it. It's going to be great. So what, what were you thinking of a deck that really wants this, apart from, like, Nethroi? I already said it, Nunning. This card, Nethroi is inviting him, like, giving him a formal invitation to the deck. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, like, and so well, like, there's some go like kind of Golgari decks, maybe like, like Witherbloom. There's lots of decks. Like, there's lots of decks who want to play this. Pardon me. There's lots of decks that want to play this. Like I said, Dredge, Reanimator. Like, there's just straight up like decks like like Witherbloom, or the, like the the Golgari. If you want to play the Golgari, like Scavenge, or the Golgari, even like the Undergrowth mechanic sort of stuff. You could do a lot of powering up with that. Um, like, folks, Seder Wayfinder is good. Seder Wayfinder is an excellent card. And Seder Wayfinder is a pales in comparison to this card. So, like, yeah. This card is excellent. If you have some, good for you. If you don't, you want to find them. They are... Yeah, they're just good. <laughs> this card is excellent if you ever want to watch something wild um i'm pretty sure there was a game night episode for mh1 where i think somebody uses it to power out a hogak yeah i'm pretty sure that's what it was and so hermit druid was awesome like just naughty putty so yeah don't like like folks like it shouldn't take this much convincing. Go buy your hermit druids, put it in your deck, or proxy it up, or whatever you want to do. But put it in your deck and run it. You're gonna like it. All right, are you set to move on, or is there anything else you want to say, Lux? I'm gonna take the quiet as me moving on. <laughs> All right. Um. So up next, segment two. Um, as how to keep your commander games casual. I had this idea because um, f listening to people return to in-person play and how excited people were. We, we talked about this with Lux a couple of weeks ago um, and that people were just starting to come back to the stores. And I mean, it sounds like things are staying open, that people are vac or, or, or more and more getting vaccinated so people can come to the stores and play. Um, and participation has been very good up to this point. Lox, would you agree? Yep. So, <clears throat> however, I think what people are finding when they go into their stores 
and this is some just some anecdotal stuff that I've I've heard, and maybe you can attest to it there, Lux, when you see when because you, you see it at the store. People are having a hard time coming to terms with the changes that have happened to the format while people have been away, locked up at home, doing not in-person play. So, and there's a bunch of reasons why the format has changed dramatically since March of 2020. All right. So, first and foremost, um, just after that time, uh, after the, you know the pandemic struck, we had our first taste of what was in store for the year of Commander because we got all the, the the Commander cards that were in Ikoria, and of which. You could argue many of them are geared for Commander. Um, you get a lot, a, pro, a big proliferation of new Commanders. Get a lot of a lot of, uh, of funky new cards, the, the cool ultimatums. Just a lot of really powerful things that are going on. So, um, and that was just the, sort of the tip of the iceberg. Where ever since Wizards of the Coast has really pushed the format. So much so, the year became the year of Commander, and we got stuff like Commander Legends. We've got, um, you know, a whole lot of things dedicated just for us, and Wizards really promoting the format in a rather marked way. Um, and so, you know, point one is that, you know, Wizards is now leaning on us as Commander players to help drive their 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 the drive the bus for the game and consequently they're giving us lots of new toys so we've seen all whole proliferation of these new uh of new of new precons uh, like just a greater focus for commander in uh in regular sets or in uh, additional sets like uh, like in Modern Horizons 2. There's a lot of focus put on Commander now and a proliferation of products that all necessitate new cards. And, okay, not every new card is great, but there's a lot of them that are really strong <laughs> that you just can't turn a blind eye to. So let's have a quick look here top cards in the past week, past week so look at edh rack we're gonna look at some of these top cards see if any anything new might have slipped on or is this all the old age-old staples um a lot of the age-old staples i guess although more doxite extortion is showing up um ah ignoble hierarch shows up from Modern Horizons 2. That's a thing. Fierce Guardianship. That's from the pre-cons from, um, from 2020. We get... What else do we have here? Hallbreacher. Yeah. We get... Three Visits as a reprint. Which is also a thing. You get... Oh, jeez. What else we got? Faithless looting was a, was a got a new printing. There's a lot of cards here, folks. That like, and then more that we could play that we that we don't we ha we haven't made the list here. But like, there's Esper Sentinel uh, uh, opposition agent. 
Yeah. Like, Trans Magistrate? Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, there's a lot of cards that have slipped into the top cards in the format generally. You know, like the ones printed this, like, that are, you know, being used this week. And, you know, there's a lot of cards there that are new from this, these new products geared for us. All right? So, on one hand, we have all this new product and new cards and powerful stuff to do. Then you turn on the other hand, we also have a proliferation of content. And that is a deluge of information about strategy, tactics, and card evaluation that are really going to shape the way we play the game. Lux, would you agree here? Like, that and the definitely. actual... Like, the, the, the impetus to have so much content is only going to drive the, for, the, the discussion forward about how to make this format even better or whatever that may be, right? Yep. So, when I have to admit, we're kind of guilty, so I kind of feel bad, but I also don't because I'm also recognizing where we fit into the, the, the ecosystem of podcasts. Like, we're kind of like a nobody, uh, and we definitely don't talk about playing hyper-powerful cards too frequently on our podcast. So, yeah, you'll check the deck list out that I post here, and, like, I'm not recommending you go and find the most expensive cards in the game. We're going to go find cards that are, like, reasonably priced and reasonably power-leveled. So, but that deluge of content is advancing the thought process, and I would argue that it is getting faster and faster and faster um, in terms of how quickly we're processing all these ideas and information and coming back to the format and, com- and players are having to take that information and turn it into something they can use as concrete, actionable decisions. And it's interesting to see that at work. Now, we've all been at home for so long that you're, you know, it's hard to see all those changes, but I'm feeling people are finding out what those new strategies and new tactics and new whatevers in the game are, are there. All right. Um, next, for most of the pandemic, players who were really dedicated to playing in paper and playing with their, with their cards um, developed a reliance on something akin to spell table. Um, it doesn't mean that you only played spell table, but if you use spell table, um, you might have encountered a situation where you had greater anonymity than you would have if you're playing in person. Um, I don't know, but like you're relying on spell table, like you don't necessarily know, and you don't have the same investment in the other person because you may not ever play with this person ever again, um, in just the nature of how the internet works. I mean, I've honestly sat down and played cards with people that I would never ordinarily speak to because they live all over the world or because, you know, whatever. But because of the pandemic and, you know, I'm now afforded the opportunity to play with these different people. But the anonymity of it is, you know, affords me the ability to do and say things to try and you know, essentially politic my way out of tr- sticky situations, but also to um, not make me feel guilty when I ruin my opponent's day 
by playing some sort of terrible degenerate combo. And I think that was something that was, again, when, in the process of being switched over, but... Oh, my dog is here chirping away. Anyway. Um, and then last but not least, I feel like... Okay, so and Lux, do you agree? Like, greater anonymity means that, like, you can pretty much sit, like, you don't feel any reluctance to just wreck your opponent's day. Pretty much. Yeah, it's kind of like that's kind of what I've observed. And um, whereas, if you were in person, maybe you'd think about you, you'd just reading the body language and the fact that you're not anonymous. That person knows you, probably is your friend. And so for you to, you know, turn on them means that your friendship and whatnot is like, is also figuring into it. So when you're on Facebook, like on spell table, that doesn't matter. There's no friends. You just, you just get got, and that's how it goes. And then I think last but not least, I would argue that people are just generally more accepting of the higher baseline for power that the, that these new products have been pushing um, and it was such a way that people like the like cards that were being played 16 months ago aren't really being played now. So, in the face of all that, how do we keep it casual, Lux? How do we keep it casual so that people like you and I can still enjoy this game and not feel like we're the ones out of place with the game? Any ideas? Everything one thing I can think of is and they don't play the in the the super high powered cards and thing just because like they're that like high powered and they play cards that you want and thing they well, they play they run pet cards and they I know I I think it's a great piece of advice there like just move away from um move away from the idea of playing the prescribed cards and the powerful ceiling cards, like instead of playing a hull breacher or an opposition agent or um i don't know whatever else you got going on avoid that and instead play your your fun pet cards and i think what that's going to do is it's going to do a lot of trickle down effect towards improving your game uh, you're and not. I mean, I don't necessarily mean your deck, but the gameplay experience is going to be improved by playing your pet cards more so than your best cards. Is that what you're getting at, Lux? Yep. Good. Um, I want to stress that remind people that they you are playing with your friends or people you are reasonably familiar with. And look, I get it that you're playing a game. I play, together we're playing a, a, a game where we are supposed to be wizards from all over the world or all over the, the multiverse. And, uh, and so you should be able to do whatever I want. I'm playing commander. But let's be real. If you put a bunch of cards in your deck that essentially ruin the game, or you've got that, that, that speedy combo that demolishes the game and ends it on, on the spot, you may have to ask yourself, is this really something you want to run right now? And I think my, my reasoning is this. Like, 
ask yourself, do you really want to play this? Is it really, is it fair? Is it unfair? Is it whatever? Because eventually if they're your friends, if you, if you're not playing in such a way where they're having fun, then you're going to stop getting invited to the table. They might say, oh, we've already filled your spot and you have to go play somewhere else. That's a bit of a kick in the, you know, in the knackers, as they, as they say in the business here, their lux. Bit of a kick in the knackers, but, you know, people are not really digging, like, people don't like getting wrecked, and if you're not prepared to at least entertain the option of happy a little bit, then you need to reevaluate. Because it's, I want to reiterate here, folks, fun is not a zero-sum game. There is not 100% fun to be divvied up between four players. There are ways to have fun. Sure, they might take a dollar or two or whatever, but you know, you're, you're trying to make the game as fun as you can make it. And it's not just like, if I win, I have the most fun, and, if I, and no one else can have any. That's not that doesn't what make that isn't what makes for a great a, a great game of commander. What makes for a great game of commander, Lux, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is when everybody has a chance to win, and it's unclear who's going to pull out a, pull it out in the end. Would you agree? Are those the best games of commander? And honestly, yeah, I would say they are. Yeah, so those are the best games. So if the best games are the ones where maybe winning, maybe you won, maybe you didn't, but you had, but you, everyone at the table enjoyed the experience and had an opportunity to win, that means you probably have more, let's call it fun, and you can't see the air quotes here, folks. You have more fun generally. Because everybody had fun. Not just you having fun playing your control deck and saying the word nope over and over and over again. So, there's that to think about. Um, I think the issue of budgets also need to figure in to help keep your casual game fun. Because there's a lot of cards that people could go out and get that are very expensive. And eventually, like we know with, with, with Commander... There is a, a point where buying the better cards gives you a better chance to win. Right, Lux? You buy the better card, you have a better chance to win. Do you agree? Lux, what do you think? Are you talking still, or am I just rambling to myself? Can you not hear me? Oh, now I got you back. Yeah, they, you I've, back been they, I've been responding to everything you've said. Oh no! Okay, so we didn't get that. So, well, the talk, talk, talk me through it then. Um, what about budgets? How how can a budget help keep your game casual and fun? 
Mm-hmm. Kind of like what we do here on the show, and that we keep it under a certain amount. And they, with us, we keep it under a hundred dollars. Really? That's the, that's the, that's the and, attempt, right? Yeah, and they basically like, we're they, we're not building decks that they we intend for people to play like the full and a version of. They we're just giving people like a base that they could like go out and buy and make a, the additions to. Yeah. yeah, so you get a deck, and now you can now you can upgrade it over time, um, so that you're not out fifteen hundred dollars because it'd be really easy to go and buy your your fancy lands and your expensive cards. Um, but like, if you have a budget, now you've got a MacGyver and improvise to try and get the effects you want through other means. Um, and and that's good. That's healthy. That means you you're going to use other cards than just the the staples that are on EDH Rec. Um, so maybe instead of playing a Crosin Grip, you're going to play an, another green card that destroys uh, an enchantment or artifact. Maybe you maybe you just run Nature's End or whatever. It's just some very generic answer, just to help you keep your cost down. Um. I also would argue that like it's get, it's getting harder and harder to keep budgets under control because over the pandemic everyone's watched the price of cards skyrocket. And it started with reserve list stuff, but like now it's like everything. I don't know if you noticed their lux, but like there's exp- like the non-foil expeditions from Zendikar Rising are starting to pop off. Like I was gonna mention, like I don't remember the names of the cards, but like about uh, like two months ago, there was a couple of cards that people were intentionally trying to drive up the price of. There maybe um, I I think I I don't usually attribute too much too much to that because I feel like that's a really hard thing to to prove and also a really hard thing to do on the commercial like on the purchasing end of things, but. Like at the end of the day, like for instance, Sea Chrome Coast, which is uh, an, a Zendikar Rising expedition and thus in non foil, just spiked to over $25 a card. And while Sea Chrome Coast is a fine card, I mean, there's only people who, you know, want to play it in their commander deck. But, like, if, if that's the example of a card that, like, yeah, it's got modern pedigree because it can come into play untapped on turns one, two, three, you know, one, two. Like if that's all it takes to make the the deck good, like that or the card good, that great. But like most cards are going up in price significantly for little to no reason and it's hard to to hard to keep track of like like I was gonna look pull up MTG stocks. Because then I'll look at their interest page, which is an interesting, interesting st- tool as well. But you know, like there they have. We've got things like Blackleaf's Cliffs and Kataki's War Rage from Sam- uh, Savior of Kamigawa, which I'm, you know, I don't know if that is a commander card or if that is going to be a a modern card. I suspect it might be modern. But there's lots of cards on this list that, you know, you might want to play in commander, and consequently. It gets too expensive. Oh, I saw one. Parallel Lives, Lux. Do you want to know how much Parallel Lives is worth these days? How much? $62. Ooh. Oh, I'm glad I still <laughs> have mine. 
Seriously, like $62. That's ridiculous. Anyway, bottom line is, folks, like parallel lives is, you know, is getting expensive. If you don't have your parallel lives already, it's getting awfully hard to justify buying it. <laughs> so, um, budgets are hard to maintain. And then I'm gonna I actively suggest that you take the take take it back. But um, where were they going with that? Right. I forgot what I was talking about. I lost my train of thought. Anyway, yeah. So yeah. walk your power. Go ahead. What what that looks? I got distracted. I'm sorry. I was looking at my phone. I should have been paying attention to what I was talking about. Oopsies. <laughs> um. Anyway. So yeah, uh, budgets are key. So anyway, uh, play some jank. Walk back the power level. N- not everything needs to be a ten out of ten, folks. You can play a bad deck. You can play a budget deck. Um, and that might actually be beneficial for your play group if people play some bad decks for a while and build up the build up the the format once again because you guys have had you know 16 months of not playing and it's going to take a while to get everyone back on the back on the same page um in your play group so everybody's having fun and enjoying their their time to play yeah because in the i was like about uh, like a month or two ago and they i built a all fox deck like it literally does nothing like it's just full of foxes because i wanted to (laughs) Who was your commander for a fox deck? Is there a good fox commander? And no, and I just went with one of the five colored commanders, and just and they oh, shoved a whole bunch of foxes in the deck, just because I wanted to. Yeah, sounds like fun to me. I'm a big fan. Um, yeah, no, like I'm. There's lots of there's lots of fun commanders out there, and so building some of those silly ones like that is great. All right. Any last thoughts there, Lux? Or you think or we've covered enough of it on how to make sure people don't ruin their own back return to playing a paper? Yeah, we can move on. Okay. All right, we'll move on. So, MH2 cards. I got my top 10. Lux, mm-hmm. let's have a quick quick chat over these cards. So, these are no, no official order. I just got, I just put the list of cards that I like more than others. Um, so we've got Tyler's Provisioner, which is, I'm going to, let's just call it number 10, which is borderline nutty putty. So um, Tyler's Provisioner is a two and a green for a three, two L scout. And it's at landfall. And when you, when you play a landfall, you make a food or a treasure token. Well, doesn't that seem pretty good? Doesn't it? There Lux. And they, I'm honestly thinking about getting me a place out of it. Uh, well, um, I don't think you'd be wrong, um, because I think if you if you have a propensity to play green decks and play lots of land, then Tyler's Provisioner could draw you an awful lot of resources that you can now utilize. Whether it's treasure, which is great, that's ramp, like that's that's as I put it in an article I wrote, that's uh, Lotus Cobra, but on crack. 
because now you don't have to spend the mana right away. You can get it. You can use it in treasure form later. Yeah, Seems good, so huh? High where Airborne. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Tyler's Provisioner. Very good card. Number number 10, arguably. Next, Esper Sentinel. Oh, boy. Did you watch the game nights where for the, with MH2 cards there, uh, with, with Post Malone? Box. I have not gotten a chance to get around to it yet. Well, let me tell you, if you haven't seen this card in action, Josh Lee Kawhi puts it into action, and it looks suspiciously like a white um, Ristic study. Like, it's that powerful. Like, it's maybe not drawing you all the cards Ristic study does, but it draws you enough cards and that's all a white deck really cares about. Like it is excellent, excellent card. What? Yeah, Esper Sentinel. Go check it out, and you can watch Josh Lee Kwai draw cards, all the cards. And then Post Malone, who plays next in turn sequence, played Aristic Study, and so no, everyone was annoyed because they kept being asked, "Do you pay the one?" Oops. <laughs> Up next, we have purse. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I could see that being something I'd do. It, well, yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Persist. Do you want to read it or want me to read it? And let's see. Persist and then they one in a black and a return and target non-legendary creature and card from the graveyard to the battlefield with a minus one minus one counter on it. This card is ridiculous. You know, like, why would I put this on this list, Lux? Like, think about what this deck, what this card does. Honestly, they, you could they bring out like a heavy hitter with this. Doesn't have to be legendary. Oh, they. It, this is this is this is animate dead. This isn't make like, sure it gives it a minus one minus one instead of minus one minus zero. But dude, this is your. This is like anyway. It was something to be something to be to be to, to see. Like, when I saw this card, I'm like, wow, this card is excellent. There's gonna be a lot of reanimating of crazy cards with this thing. So yeah, persist. I like it. I like it a lot. What do you got next? Next up is Urza's Saga. Oh my. Yeah. So Lux, again, have you been following modern? Lex, have you been following modern? We seem to be having oh, audio issues. We seem to be having a audio bit. issues because like we're cutting out for each other. A little bit, a little bit. Okay, try that again. Have you been following any modern uh, as a result of uh, the release after the release of MH two? No, they. 
it's not one of the formats that I really in. I follow them when they, I follow them when they okay. draft, and I follow Commander. Yeah, so I kind of agree with you. However, when a card like Urza Saga sneaks into oodles of decks, just oodles of them, and the thing is just good, just so much value laid in this card. Yeah, like you got to sit up and pay, take it, uh, take notice. Um, and so I think it's it's already being adopted in Commander. Let's have a look at um, Urza Saga and how many how many card times it is already appearing. So it's already appearing in almost two thousand decks. And it's been print it's been in print for what, a week? No, two weeks? Yeah. So it's being adopted at an alarming pace. It's really good. <laughs> Not because anyone any one measure of it is ridiculously overpowered, but it's just the whole package is just very value laden. And you can do a lot of very powerful things with the cards. So, yikes. Um, so, yeah, no, like the, the first part, like the tap for land, they make a construct, and then the tutor, the tutor is crazy. So, the tutor is going to be your, you may never want it to be, you know, the, like, wanted to tutor something up, but chances are you probably have something in your deck you want to tutor up. So. Chapter 3 is good. Up next, we have Sword of Hearth and Home. Lux, do you, is it my turn or yours? I've forgotten. And I've done the last two. Now you can do two. Ah, Sword of Hearth and Home. What are we talking about? This thing is ridiculous. Okay, folks. So people already played Sword of the Animist, of which Sword of Hearth and Home already does a, an imitation of it. But... Because you can go and pull the lands and they can come into play untapped um, is bananas. And then the fact you can exile other things and bring them back into the battlefield triggering their ETB, you have got a card here that is super powerful um, and does exactly what commander players wanted to do. Ramp them and then blink things for value. And I can imagine this getting a ton of play. So, yeah. <laughs> Sword of Hearth and Home is good. Next, we've got Dam. Uh, so, Black Black for Destroy Target Creature. A creature destroys way can't be regenerated. Great. Things die. But it's the overload of 2 White White, where you now get Wrath of God stapled to a creature. You have... Damnate, you have like you got a kill spell plus a wrath of god spell. You or it's kind of crazy to say the least. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> any, any thoughts on damn there, Lux? Apart from it's just really good. No, not really. It's just really good. All right. Um, next we got Ch we got Chatterfang. You want to read Chatterfang? It's your it's your yep. green furry friend, a squirrel friend. Yeah, and Chatterfang, Squirrel General, two and a green, legendary creature, Squirrel Warrior, three, three, with Forest Walk. This creature can't be blocked as long as defending player controls the forest. One or more tokens would be created under your control. Those tokens plus that many 1-1 green Squirrel Creature tokens are created instead. 
black. Sacrifice X Squirtle's target creature gets and plus X minus X until end of turn. Right. <laughs> so Chatterfang is broken. So when it, someone pointed out to me, this plus Pitiless Plunderer is immediately an infinite mana combo. Infinite mana, I mean, it's infinite combo. You can generate all the things you want. And then they, consequently, you would have. Would you say it's. They, would you say it's broken or would you say it's Broco? I'm going to call it Broco. <laughs> I love it. I love this card because this thing goes like, goes infinite super easily and is super fun. Uh, and, and squirrels are just hilarious. So you can build it nasty, you can build it relaxed. Uh, I love it. So, yeah. I will. Oh, man. This this is Yogmoth's will. This thing is crazy is good. good. Yeah. Read it for us. Yeah, it's a sorcery. Suspend four and then green. Well, end of turn, you may play lands and cast spells from your graveyard. If a card will be put into your graveyard from anywhere this turn, exile that card instead. Right. So let's imagine you have Hermit Druid and you have this. You can Hermit Druid, fill your bin, and then go crazy with your guy as well. Pretty much. <laughs> so the card's good. So, um, and it's cheap right now. Wow, is that cheap? Woo. I think, that's a, I think people are sleeping on this. Well, we'll have to grab some then, Lux. Show them the power of green. You in? Um, then we've got um, Sanctum Weaver. Yep. Simply, simply put, folks, this is Sarah's Sanctum on a creature. Um, Sarah's Sanctum on a creature is really good because you make an awful lot of mana. Like, ridiculous point, points of mana. <laughs> right? <laughs> Any thoughts? Like, what enchantment deck doesn't want a Sanctum Weaver? Hmm? Cards, very good. And last but not least, we have Asmore. I can't say the name. It is too long and it's too many letters, but it's the black, red, legendary creature, human wizard. And then you have to discard a card first to be able to cast this. And then Asmo does things. <laughs> so, yeah. No, food, food decks are real. Uh, they're real and modern. I imagine we're just going to continue along this line of food decks be real just generally um, because there's now a lot of quite a lot of support for it. All right. Any else? Any last thoughts there, Lux? Did any? Did I miss any any cards you think should be on the list? And not really. No. No. Fair enough. Uh, it's like. There's a lot of good cards still. Like, you notice I didn't put I didn't put grief or or solidarity or fury on there. Like I didn't do that. I left those off the list because I figured those are going to be commander cards. But you know, hey, these are powerful, powerful, powerful things. 
All right, let's get to the last act. So we got to the last part so we can wrap up the show because it's getting late and people need to go to go off to bed. So uh, segment four tonight, we're going to be looking at Green White Maha. So Maha Bredegard Protector is a legendary creature from Call Time. Two white, sorry, two green, white, white for a th- two, three legendary creature, human warrior. Other creatures you control get plus one, plus one. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, create a one, one white human warrior creature token. So the deck is leaning on the land, the landfall, not a landfall mechanic of whenever you play a land, you make a dude. And then what do you do with those dudes? <clears throat> so the first part of this deck really wants to make use of things that are going to let you play additional lands. Um, so things like Circuitous Root, Cultivate, Grow from the Ashes, um, Sky Shroud Claim, Ostwood Surge. These are all like you know tools by which to watch you or to let you like get lecture lands into play and make Maha spit out all the tokens in the world. Um, yeah. Coming back to uh, coming back to some sort of the creature package, you're you know you're making tokens with Maha, but you need you need things like um, Azusa, Lost but Seeking, to help you get m- multiple lands into play. Corsair Crufix, Dawn Treader Elk. These are just these are just good cards. So um, you know that's something. There was a, a couple of things that I wanted to highlight here in terms of cards I think are really, really good. Um, so I think when this particular build, there is a, call, one, a card called Ruin Ghost. Uh, so one, it's one and a white for a 1-1 one, one creature spirit. And white and tap it and exile target two lands uh, you control and then put them under... Yeah. Um... Lost my train of thought with that one again. Anyway, um, there's you know other ways to to enable dropping extra lands into play. So Marasa Root Grazer is good. Ruin Ghost can get you the trigger again. Multani is fun. Uh, Karametra God of Harvest is another useful one. So you have lots of ways of playing land. All right. Um, Yasharn, probably Yasharn. Um, it was, this was almost a Yasharn deck until they printed Maha, and now Maha is clearly the one who wants to go in front of this. Um, then we have some other cards that are just going to help us finish the game. So we have Shalai. We have Scoot Swarm. I love me some Shalai. I, I don't want to take it out on them. So, but yeah, no, we've got lots of fun things to utilize. Uh, then we've got some interesting uh, selections for other things, uh, other effects in the deck. So, of course, you got your Great Henge, which I think is a, almost a must at this point. Um, but you're also getting things like Inheritance and that sort of thing from, you know, in, you know effects that you're going to make use of in this deck. So, yeah. Um, anything else? So... Um, so the way you, this deck wants to win, um, sometimes you're going to be able to just get there by over, overwhelming your opponent with tokens. Um, sometimes you're going to put plus one plus one counters on them with things like Ridge Scale, Tusker, or um, 
What else is there? Great Henge will put tokens on things. Anyway, that sort of idea. And but you're gonna look into over overload your opponents and then crater hoof them or do something big like an overrun type effect to to get your get your opponents and get them dead. Um, the deck itself is a little expensive, there, folks. It's one hundred ninety three dollars. You know, ninety three dollars more than I would have normally spent on um on a deck. But let's be real, forty four of that goes in our crater hoof behemoth. Um, so that would drop us down to 150 and then, you know, a few other odds and ends, you get the deck down quite a bit to be able to play it. Uh, seems reasonable to me, but yeah, no, it's, it's a thing. Any, any ideas there, Lux? And no. No, not really. Well, I think the, like, so it's not complete, folks. And so if you have ideas to help me complete Maha, please let me know. I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to finish her. The, uh, the deck list is going to be in the show notes, so you two can check it out and uh, compare and contrast what you think might be, might be good. So, anyway. Should we move to wrap it up there, Lux? I take that as a guess. Yep. Show. All right. Yeah. We'll wrap up this week's show. Um, I was going to wrap up this week's show. Reminder, if you want to be entered to win the pack of MH2, this is what you need to do. You need to, when the show goes live on Twitter, you need to like the show. You need to retweet the show using the hashtag, hashtag Epic EXP cast. And you need to follow us on Twitter. All right, so follow us, like us, uh, and retweet it uh, with a ha- using the appropriate hashtag, and away you go. You enter in the draw, which will be awarded in a couple weeks' time, and that's awesome. Um, as always, if you want to get a hold of us, the best way to reach us is through Twitter. Um, our Twitter handle is the at Epic EXP Cast. Um, that is in the show notes. For anybody who is, uh, you know, struggling with getting it, so you can find it, put it into your Twitter, and join us each and every week. Um, so yeah, no, we've got uh, Twitter. Um, we've also got an email account. We've got email. You can email us at theepicexperimentpodcast at gmail.com. That is a a, a great option. Uh, Sometimes you can find us, uh, you can come and find all our, our decks on Moxfield and, and connect with us through Moxfield. Uh, hasn't happened yet, but we'd love to see it happen to somebody. Um, but also, uh, just people listening and, check to, and sharing the podcast around is a great way for us to get some extra people listening to us each and every week. Um, we'd love to hear from people saying that they like what we're doing, that we, they, they don't like what we're doing and they want to do something different. Lots of good things that we can be done. Um, but yeah, that was really good. Next week, we're going to be talking, um, about the adventures of the forgotten realms, Lux, won't we? Yep. And we'll be talking about some of them dungeons. Oh, dungeons. Time to learn what they do. Ha <laughs> ha! Um, but until then, this is the Epic Experiment Podcast signing off, wishing you all the best wherever you next play magic. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care. Have a great week. Bye.
Podcast.